and different episode today. For a change, this episode is specifically for photographers. This said, I hope there are lessons that can be learned by anyone wishing to perform their mission from a place of generosity. I published recently a free booklet for second photographers. If you haven't downloaded it yet, make sure to do so through the link in the description. So I'm very happy it was received so well. I've received requests to turn it into audio, so I decided this week's episode would be a narration of this booklet. Here we go. I'm glad you're here because you care enough to be the best second photographer you can be. You seek to better understand your role as a second photographer and use this experience to become an exceptional lead luxury photographer. You're at the right place. This is not a list of do's and don'ts, like the majority of what you'll find on the internet. I am here to show you how, with the right mindset, being a second photographer can be one of the most powerful learning opportunities available to someone aspiring to be an exquisite luxury photographer. But first, like with all great things, we ought to start by setting, or better, resetting the mindset. As a second photographer, it can be easy to come in with high expectations for creative expression, portfolio building and networking opportunities with luxury vendors. It's none of them. First of all, it's not for portfolio building. You might have already discovered that second shooting is not an efficient way to grow your portfolio. Even if your lead allows you to use a limited number of images in your portfolio under a restrictive model, these images may not even reflect your own vision. And they have to, if your goal is to be a lead luxury photographer. But above all, the mindset of second shooting for the sake of portfolio building is a disservice to your role. Your first mindset reset is to reject second shooting as a means of expanding your portfolio. Because otherwise you risk putting yourself in competition with the lead. You might put yourself in competition for the same angles, or even take over aspects of the job which belong to the lead. Perhaps you might feel the urge to pose the couple in order to gain a few images for your own portfolio, as an example. But please protect yourself from this mentality. Not because you might get in trouble with the lead, but because it's a mentality that comes at total odds with your mission as a second photographer. You will be missing out on the real potential benefits of the job. The second mindset reset is, it's not for networking. Every single wedding is an opportunity to make a great impression. Every single wedding is a job interview. Once you realize this, you will see that you have much more to benefit by staying in your top shape rather than using precious time for networking during the mission. Yes, you want to be seen and acknowledged, but ask yourself this. Do you want to be known as someone who chooses self-promotion instead of doing their job? You might think you're invisible and this might give you an urge to shout, I'm here, look how great of a job I'm doing. 
you might, for example, feel an urge to show a great picture you took on the back of your screen or share your Instagram handle. Please don't do any of this. It's a disservice to yourself. Because a luxury photographer's priority is always the mission at hand. And the savvy luxury planner knows this. Any luxury planner will say, don't tell us, show us. This is your opportunity. So, if you saw second shooting as a job interview, would you stand a bit taller? Would you polish your shoes a little bit more? Would you have a little bit more energy? Would you dress better? Would you put your camera down and help an elderly couple up the stairs? Would you care about humans more than your lens selection? Would you smile more? Would you be more attentive to detail? Would you demonstrate more leadership? Would you offer a warmer handshake? Would you care less about technical skills and more about becoming charismatic? As you're beginning to leverage the real networking opportunities of second shooting, start by treating this as a job interview. And my first advice is this. Don't make it your mission to network or show off. The real interview is when you do your job. And the real generosity is when you do your job without a personal agenda for self-promotion. Adding value to every interaction is the true and only way to elevate yourself in the eyes of planners and any vendor. Because by definition, luxury adds value. Being and becoming a luxury photographer is all about the luxury part. The photographer part is easy. Luxury is the constant, effortless mentality of giving more than the specifications require. In the world of luxury photography, technical competence is assumed as a given. And savvy planners know they'd better recommend photographers who stand out for a very unique set of skills that goes far beyond the technical. These mysterious skills are what distinguishes all luxury photographers from the rest. Some call this set charisma, others talent. It's neither. Both charisma and talent suggest an innate hardwired ability that is almost impossible to teach. And indeed, some people may be born with certain innate abilities. But all of these are teachable. And that's why we shall prefer to call them skills. So, what skills make up your kit? The skills that form this beautiful mosaic of charismatic people are empathy, adaptability, a can-do problem-solving attitude, interpersonal awareness, warmth, genuine caring, efficiency, discretion, courtesy, leadership, and emotional intelligence. All of these are described as soft skills. The best way to learn them is by observing those who already possess them. So, the best second photographers are the ones who approach the wedding from a place of generosity and a kind heart. And they make use of this experience as an opportunity to fill their kit with soft skills. And here's a wonderful example. 
It was a cold and chilly evening, and the guests at the outdoor welcome dinner event were feeling the chill despite the presence of outdoor space heaters. As the event progressed, my second photographer, Ever Vigilant, noticed that some of the guests were particularly cold. Turning to me, he said, You know, when I passed by the lobby, I noticed that the venue has some blankets. Do you think it would be a good idea to ask them to give them to the guests? Without hesitation, I passed on the suggestion to the event planner. With the guests now warm and cozy, the planner had become some sort of a hero in their eyes, and my second photographer had become my own personal hero. His quick thinking and attention to detail had gone above and beyond the role of a photographer. I'd personally prefer to work with a second photographer who is warm, empathetic, discreet, considerate, demonstrates leadership and a problem-solving aptitude rather than a technically exceptional one who lacks these soft skills. Because people will always remember how you made them feel. So, internalize and intuit the way your lead photographer acts. Prepare mentally for the time you will be the one in charge. Observe and absorb. Soft skills are more important than your camera, film stock and lenses. There is abundant research, in fact, showing that observing your role models is one of the most powerful ways to develop soft skills yourself, and that it may actually be more effective than any other alternative training methods. Here are the five essential skills. Number one. Emotional intelligence. This is a respectful awareness of the guest's boundaries and comfort levels. And it comes with a strong ability to read and understand body language, tone and non-verbal cues. Number two. Interpersonal awareness. It's the ability to navigate complex social dynamics effectively and handle situations with tact. Its amazing effect is that you can be responsive to the needs and requests of guests. It also comes with an ability to clearly, respectfully and concisely convey your ideas and your own needs. Number three, a problem-solving attitude. That's an ability to come up with creative solutions on the fly. Very often you'll have to, even in the most well-planned events. Number four. Time management. This is an ability to work under pressure and manage your own stress. It comes with an ability to explore creative ideas without ever missing critical must-haves. And it's also about constant vigilance about how the timeline is flowing. And number five, leadership. This may not be as critical for second photographers as it is for leads, Yet it's a crucial skill to develop through your own experience as you train to transition from a second photographer to a lead. It encompasses much more than just motivating and delegating. It's about taking initiative and owning your decisions. So by now, you may be wondering if I have any practical advice on how you can maximize learning opportunities from second shooting. My best and only piece of advice is this. Act like an ethnographer. 
make it a habit to keep notes in a diary. Note things that your lead does and which impress you or intrigue you. Keep a note on things you do as well. Try to codify them based on the five essential soft skills. Sure, you can discuss these notes with your lead after the wedding, but this may not always be an option. Sometimes you see your lead will do things through mere intuition and may not be able to explain them verbally. Or they may simply be too busy to have that conversation. But that's okay because by keeping notes, you're essentially practicing a loose form of agile retrospection. So the goal of agile retrospection is to look back and retrospectively identify what works and why, and adopt or adapt them as your own habits. Once you go back through your diary notes, you will start seeing patterns. Just like disconnected pieces of a puzzle, once you read through all your past notes, you'll gain a bird's eye view. You will begin to internalize and intuit these needs. And the more you try to apply them in practice, the more they will become natural to you. They will become a habit. And just to prove the point, I myself keep a diary of all my weddings. I note things I did and I'm proud of, things I could have done better, things my second shooter did and impressed me, or things they did and could have been done better. Because when you apply critical thought, then you learn from people's successes, but you also learn from their not-so-successful actions. So, if you click in the link in the description, you can download the original pocketbook. And this includes two real case studies of my second shooters applying their soft skills. And these case studies are from notes I kept in my own diary. I'd like to finish off with this. Remember, the lead relies on you. Follow the timeline as if you had full responsibility of the event. Go through your timeline and highlight the parts that you have an integral part. There will be parts in the timeline where your main photographer will need you to take the lead, such as the groom's preparations. Have absolute responsibility for finishing your slot on time and moving to the next element and location. In fact, if you're going to be extra helpful, and you should, update the lead about how the timeline is going, especially when an important element is approaching. Always keep an eye on the lead. You never know when they might need you. And on that note, remember, limit distractions to the minimum. It's critical to strike a balance between being prepared and not getting too caught up in technicalities. So instead of worrying about switching lenses, keep the minimum amount of lenses and focus your energy on adding value by actively engaging with the action around you. Remember, you are the lead's peripheral vision. If you spot anything that doesn't look quite right, don't be afraid to take initiative and fix it. It could be a phone in someone's pocket or an empty water bottle in the background or an adjustment of the bride's dress. To finish up, here's a small note for lead photographers. As leads, we have a responsibility to constantly improve the market. The market grows when we all grow. And I can think of no more effective way to improving the culture than improving those around us.
Our second shooters are the next generation. Sure, not all of them understand their role within this framework of generosity, but perhaps, just perhaps, part of the responsibility to help them see their role clearer befalls on us. Firstly, because we are leading by example. And secondly, because we can put these lessons into words by praising their achievements or by finding soft, sensitive words to discuss their shortcomings. Not everybody will be willing to listen, but every missed opportunity to try is a missed opportunity to make a positive change. Until next time, go move the world. Thank you.